Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. All right, I'm back with John Cooper. And uh, John, I met a few months ago at the 21 convention in Poland. We were both fellow speakers there, and I really resonated with his voice and what he was sharing. Very cool stuff. Uh, his background is as a dating coach, but then he realized the industry at large was making students more needy and dependent upon their results to feel good about themselves. So now he teaches men and women how to tap into their own creative power and develop their self-esteem. And the uh, presentation he gave at the 21 convention was really cool. I really like that piece you got into about making art versus approaching. Maybe we could uh, touch yeah. on that. That was fascinating. Uh, and uh, yeah, welcome to the, welcome to the podcast. Man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. It was good to meet you in Poland, yeah. So tell us about your story. How'd you yeah. get into all this stuff? Yeah, okay. So um, I, I think I have a little bit of a different story to most guys that become uh, dating coaches, if you like. Um, I would say the majority of dating coaches, you might be different, actually. I think we might have spoke about this, but most say they were bad with women. They learned some sort of game material. And then they became like, you know, Casanovas. That's the kind of the, the hero's journey for a lot of dating coaches, right? But sure. I, I have a little bit of a different story in that, okay, when I was a teenager, I didn't do very well because I was, a, you know, I had really bad acne. But, but then when I hit my early 20s, I, you know, my skin cleared up. And when I used to go out just through trial and error, I kind of just, I didn't even really know what I was doing, but it was like, it was working, you know, and I was like, you know, meeting lots of girls and stuff. So I would say that I became a natural, if you like, with women, but... And I had no problem with women at that time. But the, the problem was I went out with a girl, she broke my heart. And then I went straight into like the self-help section in the bookshop, read the game. And because I was actually coming from a lot of, I don't know, I was going through a lot of heartache at the time. I really resonated with all these like strategies and techniques and stuff because it was almost like filling the, filling the hole in my heart, you know. Mm. And um, I tried all this stuff out. And yeah, some of it was what like, I would end up like going home with girls, but when I compared myself to how I was before, I was like nowhere near what I was like before, you know, but I was just convinced that this was the path to go down. So I started learning more theory. I probably knew mystery method better than mystery, to be honest, you know, like, and I was trying everything out. And then, and then I was going out and then because eventually, you know, after a while it was kind of work, I was thinking it was working. So I was thinking this stuff really works. Just got to go deeper into it, deeper into it. I was learning hypnosis, palm reading, you know, just creepy stuff, you know, like NLP, <laughs> um, just all those, they used to call those chick cracks, right? So I was doing right. all that stuff, you know, you know, and I would do crazy stuff. Like I'd go, I'd go into a restaurant and I would just like hit on girls whilst they're with their boyfriends. And, you know, we, we were setting each other harder and harder challenges, you know, like jump into that taxi with those girls and drive off with them. And, you know, just like you see that couple holding hands in that restaurant, go and go up to her and try and like lead her out. The, you know what I mean? Like just, just absolutely just nut stuff we were doing. You were, we were like, we were like pick up Robotrons at one point, you know. Um, but there was a splinter in my mind that was like my best friend said to me, and this is what real, it really shook me up. He went, John, what's happened to you, man? I went, what do you mean? He goes, used to be like really good with women. I went, no, no, I'm, be I'm really good now. I'm really good now. He goes, come man. No, 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 no. You used to be a natural. Women used to come up to you, you know, like you just put out a vibe and, you know, you just, you, you know what I mean? You just had it. And I went, yeah, but I went home with some girl last night. He went, yeah, but like, what about all those other girls that are just looking at you like you're a fucking weirdo? So because I was like, you know, if you throw enough shit at something, it's going to stick. 
So sure. because I was doing all this pickup stuff, I was convinced that it was the pickup that was working. But in actual fact, when I look back on it, I realized game, all this pickup game stuff was actually holding me back. And I know that sounds sort of counterintuitive because you think, well, what's wrong with learning some stuff that's going to make you better with women? But it's sort of like, this is, and this is where I developed a philosophy, which I call social heartistry. I know that sounds, people get a bit freaked out by that, but it's because what I realized was when I actually, um, you know, when you go through a heartache and you kind of like, you, you come out the other side, it takes a little while, but you know, you get over the pain, right? Sure. When I started to come out through that pain and actually like re-embody myself and feel good about myself, I actually realized that all my whole journey into the whole pickup world, into the game world, was compensating for for the for the broken heart of the emptiness that you feel you know when you when you when a girl breaks up with you it's like a for me it's like a it's like a dark heart an empty feeling that just sits in your body like something dying in there for like months you know and i didn't realize at the time but the reason why i was doing all this pickup stuff was to fill the hole is to fill that heart in the hole you know it was like it was like an like an addict needs drugs to make themselves feel good i needed that i needed the alcohol i needed the <laughs> cigarettes i need i needed to fucking i needed to pick up girls but I didn't realize it was almost like I was doing that to make myself feel balanced, like a crack addict needs a hit. And then when I actually felt good about myself and came back into sort of balance again, I went, what am I fucking doing? Like, you know, like this is all nuts, man. And at that point I developed myself into a dating coach. It's working with a dating company, but I suddenly realized there's something really odd about going on the streets and calling women targets and approaching targets and with your wingmen and your bit shields and your foot. And I was going, fuck <laughs> yeah. me. This is like dad's army. This is like going to war. I was like, I, I, I never saw women in that way before when I was a natural, I never saw women like that. I never, I never saw it like a, like a strategy, like a kind of a, a military fucking, you know, like takedown and, you know, um, right. and, and then, so when I started to feel good about myself and that's why the heartistry of my, the philosophy I came up with came in, when I started to heal my heart, I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like, it's, it's, that's just not the way to, that's not the way that we should be. That's actually not, that's not what's attractive to women is what I'm saying, you know? So I kind of went back to how I was before when I was just like a club, when I used to run club events and just like, just flow around, talk to people, like a little child playing in the playground, you know, with women. Mm -hmm. And suddenly bang, like, I was just like, you know, it was just all happening again with women again, you know, like, and women love to be around me again, you know? And, um, yeah. Maybe, but here's the thing, maybe I wasn't even having sex with as many girls as I was doing the pickup, right? But I knew that this was the way, this, this is the way, you know? You weren't doing all that crap either. I wasn't and, doing uh, any of that. Yeah, I wasn't doing yeah. any of that. Yeah. I can relate a lot to your story because, you know, I was never terrible with girls. I was nervous to talk to girls I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I had friends, I had girlfriends, you know, I, I lost my virginity at like 17, 18, um, had girlfriends through high school and college. So I was never bad. Um, I didn't know how to cold approach yeah. and that's kind of what, you know, I read the game and I was like, Oh, that's cool. You can yeah. walk up to a girl and yeah. you know, do some shit and, yeah. and take her home. Yeah. Right. And I got sucked into it from the basically like the need or the desire to like have a bunch of one night stands. And, uh, at first I was, I kind of had that weird confirmation bias that you had too, where it was like, it was working, but it was almost working in spite of the fact that now I was like approaching more and going up yeah. and, doing my bullshit but i was actually becoming more weird and hanging exactly. out with weird people yeah, exactly. and my friends who were who were naturals and pretty good were like dude what's wrong with you why are you doing all this weird shit with these weird guys in this lair yeah, exactly. down in san diego right and um and yeah it was eventually when i kind of stopped doing all that shit and kind of went back to 
you know, real social skills. And yeah. it, the one thing it did get me doing was, you know, facing my fears and approaching, which is good. Yeah. Um, but most of the other shit, like you said, was putting whipped cream on shit, you could say. Or exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few like, yeah, put, uh, putting, you know, like um, trying to, uh, you know, if you, it, you're covering yourself in aftershave, but you haven't washed for like three, three months. It's kind of like that. Exactly. Like yeah. it, it will, t- it's a temporary, it's a temporary fix, basically, you know. Um, but like you said, it comes with all the other elements to it, which is, you know, it, it will chip away at your self-esteem after a while. Yeah. Um, you'll start comparing yourself to other people. Um, you'll start to you'll start to set your level of personal happiness in your life based upon how many girls you're sleeping with. Um, you know, it just it kind of eats away at you from all different levels, basically. You know, and you know the the, the key to this stuff is I don't you know it's, it's it's okay sort of getting into it because I think it's really good to learn how to just like really see a woman and go for it. You know, because I think that trickles down. It's a metaphor for how you approach life. You know, like job jobs, careers. You know, just everything. You know, just you see it and, and you and you take that straight line approach. I think it's I think that's brilliant. But what people don't realise is you have to sort of get into game. Let's say if you want to get into game, and then you have to get out of game. That that's the that's what a lot of guys get trapped, you know. Um, and you've got to integrate those skills and then like return back to who you were before, you know. That's effectively the hero's journey. But a lot of people get stuck on that journey and they don't cut. They don't re. They don't bring that lesson and reintegrate it into themselves. They're sort of still on that journey, like like doing all this stuff and it's like no you have to bring it integrate it synthesize it back into who you were before and then drop game completely like that's the story of neil strauss in the game but most people only read the first half of the book and they don't actually read the second half where he says yeah to get that girl that I, of my dreams i had to fucking drop all the creepy stuff and then she was interested in me you know yeah and like that's that's what a lot of guys like they, they get lost in it all and to me game when i really break it down it's a cult it is a cult it's a religion and it's and it's it uh, <laughs> it's like scientology it's like fucking scientology because you know it's you know it has has its cult leaders which are sort of like you know like the rs probably the rsd guys now you know that they're, they're the cult leaders because if i ever say anything to a guy they'll go oh yeah rsd max the R, you know rsd said that R. it's almost like me speaking to a christian bible basher on the street and going yeah, you know, like I really felt connected the other day. Oh, yeah, that was Jesus. You know, that Jesus spoke to me, <laughs> the Lord. You know, and then and then and then every cult has their own like little doctrine. So that's the, the that's the game. You know, that's the book, the game. You know, or their, yeah. their own little the Bible. That's their blueprints. And then um, they also the way that they cults work is that they elicit elicit pain and emptiness within their followers, and they provide the way out, which is come come to our cult and we'll solve all your problems for you. You know, and that's effectively like you, you're a bit of a loner. You're not having sex. Come with us and we'll give you pussy pounding action in one weekend. And then you're going to be a man because you're not a man right now. Are you? You're a bit of a loser. You haven't had sex and, you know, you're a bit of a fucking you know, chump. Come with us and then we'll take care of you, you know. Uh, and they also create, they also, another, another fundamental aspect of a cult is um, uniform, uniformity, right? So if you look at, I mean, I think the military is a cult, so, so, um, they all wear dog tags, right? They wear dog tags, which is symbolic of that you're just a fucking dog, you know? They all yeah. shave their hairs so to make them all uniformed, you know? Um, all the same. And um, they, they have to... And, and repetition is another, another way that you, you create a cult, which is about, um, you know, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, like a charge, form, charge, you know? And that's, what, and, and that's why you have all the pickup language. That's the, that's the language ah, that's yeah. repeated. So, so even, even words like approach, I know you mentioned the word approach, I, thought I wouldn't use, I don't use that word, you know, I don't use any words that come from the game, because if I use any words that come from the game, I'm still playing the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, mm -hmm. So for me, it's okay getting into it, but but make sure you get out of it at the same time, you know? And that's frightening for a lot of guys. They go, yeah, but I want to still talk to girls. I'm like, yeah, you can still talk to girls. I'm saying don't use the, uh, don't see the world through this, like pick the pickup goggles, the pickup lens. That's all I'm saying, you know? And that doesn't mean you're not going to have sex with girls. It doesn't mean you're going to like miss out on opportunities. It just means you don't see women as like, targets that you need to approach and, and and like open and close and you know it just means that you see them like you know just like your, your best friends or like just just people that you you want to talk you want to talk to and you just connect with them and it's just all flowing now you know it's all like kind of natural now but you yeah. know i guess some sometimes you've got to get into it to get out of it and i can understand that but my where i come from with what i teach i help guys get out of it and, and reintegrate this stuff back into their daily life so would it be fair to say that most of the guys that come to you are guys who have, you know, been in the game, learned pickup, yeah. Yeah, um, and, you know, guys are probably like you that are kind of, like you said, trying to get out of it, yeah. and you're showing them that way, that path? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Because, you know, a lot of guys, they, they even still say it to me today, they say, John, I, you know, I don't want to do pickup anymore, but, like, it's the only platform for me to learn and to push me to talk to women. And I kind of have sympathy for that. You know, I have sympathy for guys that are in that situation because, you know, there is no other real, there's no real support network for guys that are kind of like, they want to, they still want to talk to lots of women and make friends and connections and, and have sex, beautiful encounters. But they're almost like the only way they can do it is through this, this kind of. Yeah, that's, that's the, the kind of the situation I was in when I started. This was 13 years ago or something, but. Mm. I remember first reading the game and thinking, all right, this shit's kind of, you know, the, the acronyms and the, uh, the yeah. language was, was weird. I didn't like any of that. I found a company at the time that was the less, the least pickupy of, of any of them mm. um, and started working with them. And they were big proponents of not using the lingo okay. and the, you know, the language and all that stuff. Mm. Um, but at the same time, everyone, even who was, kind of around there would adopt the language and they would adopt this yeah. pickup persona because it's the only thing out there and it gave people a tribe to belong to that's it. and i think that's what a lot of people are looking for they want to be part of this tribe and these guys they're you know they they're, don't have as many friends and they need to, they want to feel like a part of something so Absolutely. the pickup tribe is there and i'm glad you know you're out there i'm out there we're offering a different sort of tribe that definitely doesn't have to be so uh you know, yeah. basically gets you addicted to this shit, like you mentioned. And what, what's so, let, let's say that the way that you look at things, how, how would you say that you, what, what are your kind of key, key shifts, like fundamental shifts that you would teach your guys, you know? So I'm a big fan, I call it social protocol, yeah. which is just a fancy way of saying, you know, doing what you should do versus doing what's socially unacceptable. And a lot of guys either don't understand social protocol or they understand it really well, but they don't understand how to break it. And it, like, if you want to go and talk to a girl, mm. you know, the standard kind of social narrative is you have to know her or you should be drunk or right. she should be a friend of a yeah. friend, right? So to just go up and talk to a girl on the street, mm. on the sidewalk, you have to break social protocol to do it, right? right. You have to risk looking mm. creepy or looking weird, doing all those things. So for my process and what I help my guys through is, you know, being able to face your fears and being able to step in attention mm. and be willing to look like an idiot for a while, be willing to look creepy, be willing to look like a fool. Yeah. And then you become desensitized to all that stuff. Brilliant. 
yeah it's breaking the social so social norms yeah like I, I was just thinking the word for me to make sense it's like yeah what are the social norms that, you know yeah. where we think what's acceptable what's not acceptable um yeah it's brilliant i mean i one of the things i do i teach people is um i, I set homework on my online academy and i one, one of my bits of homework is you have to break like five rules or, mm -hmm. or, or law you know laws you right, know. <laughs> right. Be, be careful but you know because you have to it's almost like by doing so you kind of like you're freeing your mind in a way as well you know for sure like from the outside what, what is in is, is is outside you know of yourself so um by by sort of breaking those rules and it doesn't have to be anything severe it could just be crossing on a crossing the street on a red man you know like or or walking right. down an escalator the wrong way or going have, peeing in the women's toilets which is you know like there's no one even in the in the bar but you go into the men's or, and it's there's someone in the men's you go why can't you go in the women's or the disabled or whatever so it's just about the, yeah i like that it's just it's it breaking those social norms and then yeah when you see a girl and my, my thing is we, we, i know a lot of the pickup teachers are teaching face the fear and i know you mentioned the word tension which is great i'm going to talk about that in a sec but and then they say face the fear and do it anyway that's kind of the method of a lot of teachers the, the way that I the way that I kind of reframe that is um, there is, there is obviously going to be anxiety, but there's also when we feel something in our bodies, it's not always anxiety. It's also nervous excitement to create something with this person. So if you can imagine you're about to get on a roller coaster ride, and there's two of you, and one of you one of you is scared shitless of getting on this ride. You know, like you have people that like really fearful of roller coaster rides. And they feel that they feel the energy in their body and then they just go that's fear that's anxiety you know and then their friend that's with them they have exactly the same feeling in their body but then they go that's excitement you know and the only difference is one is interpreting that as survival and the other one is interpreting that as how much fun am i going to have right. you know? and, and so for me when I, when I feel that feeling in my body if i start to say to myself that's anxiety then all my actions are going to come from a place of I have to survive with this girl, you know, I have to not look like a dick. I have to make sure my body language is good. I have to, you know what I mean? I have to, I have to, I have to look like come out with a prize or something, you know, but when, when I'm feeling that body go, that's, this is excitement. All I do is I go up to her and I just sort of like, I just, I just kind of like open that excitement out and I just let it uh, come out with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm not even engineering the conversation at all at this point. It's almost just yeah. like, I'm letting the matter. You're present. I'm letting the words, letting it come out. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just cutting myself mm -hmm. and bleeding it out onto her, if you know what I mean. And like, I just trust in myself that whatever words come up in that moment is the right thing to say in that moment because it's spontaneous and it's real, you know? Yeah. The moment I start going, maybe I should use this line, maybe I should say this, like, I'm no longer in the moment anymore. And that is right. coming from survival. So, what the, the, a lot of the stuff that I do with guys is you have to, well, for me, I have to, I, I hit it on the fundamental level. So, I don't work on the surface level of like the conversation and the techniques and like, this is going to work. If you say this, come down into the roots and the fundamentals, which are instead of worrying about trying to get a result, just, just think about expressing yourself in that. And that's where the name artistry came from in my, in my philosophy title and whether she buys into it or not, it doesn't really matter because all you've done is you've brought the best of you out into that moment right there. And just like an artist, like a Picasso, some people are going to like it. Some people are going to not like Picasso, but like, he, that's not going to affect his stroke in that moment when he's painting, you know? And then the same right. way when I'm, when I'm walking up to a girl, I don't really care if she likes me or not. And that's actually another big one. You have to get your head around. Like guys have to get their head around is like, 
you know, not everyone's going to like you. The circumstance might be that she's not ready to sort of connect with you in that moment. It doesn't matter. But the best thing you can do is just bring yourself to her in the way that you see, best see fit in that moment and expressing yourself maybe truthfully, honestly, playfully, however you, however you feel it in the moment. And then however she wants to respond to it is just, that's her decision. That's not mine. I can't force her to, 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 to like me, you know? And that takes away so much of the sting of it, you know? And knowing, and knowing that there's no judgment on that. Like a lot of pickup guys, they create judgment around their interactions. So they have a scoring system. They have a, you know, they, they have all these like words to describe the interaction, how they can like best sort of troubleshoot it in that moment, you know? That for me is, is the language that's propping up anxiety and survival. When you remove that language, you actually free yourself up. You know, so, um, and that's why in, in the talk that I did in, in Warsaw, I gave the example, I said, throw, throw a ball at me, scrumple some paper, throw it at me, you know? And yeah. uh, everyone did that. I went, what did you just do? So they scrumpled up paper, they threw it at me. And they went, we threw at you. I went, no, 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 break that down, guys. Break it down. <laughs> and they went, I went, look, you, you, you crunched your hand up like this with the paper. You rocked back. You put your weight back. You put your right foot back. You rotated the hips. You rotated the front of the chest. You threw your arm back. You threw, you released the fingers, da, da, da. You could break that down into probably 100 steps. Sure. And I went, which is easier, guys? That or just throwing <laughs> the ball? You know, and so that's kind of what I'm trying to say to go. The more you, the more you create words, the more you create concepts, the more concepts you create, the more you um, compartmentalize flow. So yeah. you can never be in the moment with a girl. If you, if like, if you've got, if you've got a hundred concepts for just saying hello, or like just, you know, the first 10 seconds of an interaction, you are going to be like analyzing each step and judging yourself on each step. And you're going to be in your head and not really in the moment. And then you're going to then it's uh, gonna blow up. Golf is, is probably the perfect analogy for this because people that get into golf, when they suck, they can go down that technical rabbit hole and yeah. they get all sorts of swing shit, like, you know, the little things that like, you know, <laughs> yeah. make sure your wrist is straight at the exactly. top of your swing and yeah. like, yeah. and you see fine. these people out there, yeah, <laughs> they're wearing all this gear, yeah. and they're swinging, they're fucking missing the ball completely. Yeah. And, you know, they've taken something that should be a natural fluid movement. It should be a feeling and they've tried to distill it down to in these, all these little tiny compartmentalized steps exactly. and their brain is not fast enough to make that motion happen, which is the same sort of thing I see when it comes to interacting with women. Your brain is not fast enough to, you know, logically think your way through that interaction. It has to be That's what's it. naturally coming out. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and if, you, yeah. if you think about all the, all the times that you're at your best of women when you went out, like if you could just imagine like if anyone's watching this listening to this who are thinking oh man i had a really good interaction with that girl i can guarantee almost guarantee that's because you weren't thinking you know um it's okay to feel and have an intention but as soon as you there's a difference between, okay so there's a difference between being aware and analyzing awareness is great analyzing is not good when you're socializing yeah now yeah. A lot of guys, when I started off doing the pickup stuff, I was analyzing everything. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to become a fucking, you know, like God, like learning everything, analyzing everything. So it's like the matrix and I can see it all like, all like Terminator 2 and I can see all the, the red screen. And I went, yeah, if I just keep learning, I'm just going to be able to just totally get everything on lockdown. And so I was reading loads of theory and all that. That's the process I think a lot of guys go through. But the... The, the, the mastery for me, mastery is a, there's, at the very end of your journey, there's an unlearning process that needs to happen, right? Right. And, 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 and that, that is, so that's where my best, my best friend said to me, he goes, John, what I want you to do is take everything you've learned, stick it in a box and just go back to being John again. And mm -hmm. when he said that to me, I went, I can't, man, I, I wouldn't be in control. And he went, exactly, bingo. 
you have to let go of control. And I think the whole pickup frame is set up in a way that like you want to best control the interaction, obviously, because you want to control it to the bedroom, whatever, right? But mastery is about letting go of the need for control and complete and still leading the interaction, but leading it decisively, but letting go of the of control. And that is like the, the yin yang coming together. That's like the, that is for me mastery. Um, and also knowing that like an important thing that I said to myself that really helped was these girls aren't mine to have. They're not mine. They're not my possessions. Not me. Yeah. So, so, so it doesn't really powerful because it, it's so easy to start objectifying women and turning them into this goal you need to achieve. Exactly. You know, like how many girls did I make out with? How many did I hook up with? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, how many approaches did I do? You can, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole. Mm. And that stymies all of your interactions because now, you know, you're no longer present with them. They're just this achievement, you could say. And, and obviously they can feel it. Exactly. They can, they, they can feel it. But, you know, like we've, I'm sure you've gone through that. I've gone through that. Everyone goes through that. But for me, that, 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 that thing where you let go of control is where you actually start to just, you, you just take off the, the, the shackles, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. add, you, you unhandcuff yourself, you know, and, and then you're free to play with women at that point now. You know, before yeah. that, when you're when you're trying to control an interaction, I call it a work frame. Everything you do is engineered to that point where you can like get that result. So it's like work, like working for an outcome. But once you actually remove control, then you can just play with women. And people think, oh, but if I just play with women, nothing's going to happen. No, you create together. You create sex together. You create leading her to the bedroom together. But at all points, it's like you're satisfied by each moment, moment by moment, you know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. you know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm playing with, with you right now, let's say we're playing and just having a conversation, it's playful, right, we're playing. We don't need to know if, if, if we don't reach some goal at the end of this, this uh, uh, podcast. It's not like we've lost enjoyment during this moment now, right, you know what I mean? But the way mm -hmm. the pickup guys think, they're going, I'm not enjoying myself, I'm not enjoying myself, I'm not enjoying myself, I've, I brought her home, I had sex, now I've won, I've enjoyed myself. So that's a work frame. They're working towards an outcome and only then will they be fulfilled. What I'm saying is you can play with women. So you're fulfilled in every moment. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. We have sex. I'm enjoying this as well. I'm enjoying, and then second, second example, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. We don't have sex. I enjoyed that whole interaction. You see what I mean? It's like, yeah, you, you but, the, but pick up, you, you cannot get that. That's why I had to create a new paradigm, a new name, because you can't have, success within pickup unless you take the girl home you see right. what i mean so it's a flawed yeah. paradigm and and so that's why i created this paradigm called social heart history which i wanted to create as a way to sort of move guys migrate guys away from pickup because it's much healthier way to be makes you more attractive and in many ways you do get more results but you're not thinking about results the results take care of themselves but yeah that's so it. what do you do when you have a guy who's very analytical as a lot of guys yeah. tend to be yeah. that are you know smarter and get into the stuff yeah. um and that's kind of the reason they got into it in the first place because they have yeah. that more of analytical frame yeah, exactly. or they spend more time in their left yeah. brain yeah and Absolutely. you know they're craving a structure which is probably yeah. why they were attracted to like the mystery mess stuff yeah. in the beginning right yeah. um so you want you need to give them some structure but if you yeah. give them too much yeah all right that's right <laughs> all right so I, i've got different ways of doing this it depends on the student right but but sure. i cre i create a structure for them to lose the structure Mm -hmm. That's that's because I pace and lead them from from the left brain into the right brain or the holistic brain, so two the two brains, right? So 
and you do get a lot of these analytical guys they're, they're generally from germany they're really good at making cars though they're great software programmers you'll find that most <laughs> of these guys are uh, german software programmers um, i love germans by the way i think they're brilliant um, but no, I, 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 often t I often create a structure for them to lose the structure. That's, that's one thing. But also, I, I can actually get them to let go and, and be in the moment with girls and, and bring themselves to women. Um, there's a great book called Zen in the Art of Archery. Okay, And this is a perfect example of what happens and how I teach guys in this very thing you're talking about. Right. So there's a guy, there's a guy that goes under the wing of one of the best archers in the world okay, in Japan. And um, he's watching him and it's effort he effortlessly hits the target each time, you know? And um, he, he, he goes under the wing of this mentor, this, this archer. And he's watching what he does, but every time he does it, he's missing the target, he can't do it. And he's watching the, the, the archer do, uh, do the bow and it's almost as if his hand's drop, dropping out of, the, out of the string and it's hitting the target. So he tries to cheat it, but he, he tries to actually sort of like flop his hand out the way to try and hit the target and he does it and the archer says to him he says i'm, I'm no longer going to work with you anymore and he goes why not i did it he goes because you were you were trying to let go you were trying to you were trying to let go you were doing all these things in order to let go and he goes to really become the master archer you've got to let go of yourself and it, it's a philosophical book about how you have to let go of your, yourself to be able to hit the target and so the target and you become one you know Oh, it sounds a bit, <laughs> I need to read the book. But the, sure. point, the point is, is you can't, you can't try your way to letting go. You see, right. you've got to let, just let go. It's, it's, it reminds me of the, the flying trapeze artist, right? To get from one handle to the other, yeah. there's that second where you're flying through the air. You're completely, you know. Right. Yeah. It's uh, like, in, yeah. in that, in that, that moment, moment you, you've got to let go. It's like you can't think your way out of a thought. You've got to let it go. Yep. You've just got to let it go. So, <laughs> uh -huh. um, and, and so it's that letting go is that final part of mastery that people need to uh, be able to do. Because if you're still like, if I have students that are still like trying to do that thing, then they haven't quite let go of the interaction themselves, the girl. And so they're still going to be coming from that place of like trying to get that, that result. And so that letting, the letting go aspect is something that I, I teach. And one of the key aspects that I teach is to shift the fundamentals. So in pickup, it's about taking, it's about getting a result from a girl. What I teach is about reframing it. So when you're walking up to a woman, you can say the same things, but you're coming from a place of like, you're offering yourself out like a gift. So, um, and this is really, really important. This, this uh, changes everything. So it, most pickup guys are going up to a girl and they're, they're, they're saying to themselves that that girl is the, is the prize. I want her. They've already decided she's the prize. And when I get that prize, then I'm gonna, then I've won, you know. But if yeah. you can go up to and think like, you know, this is the this is a, a lottery ticket, this is the winning lottery ticket, let's say, or a million dollars, or hundred quid, whatever you want, and you're saying, hey, would you like this? You know, you're offering her that, and that is, and and you, that it, that's not the money, that's you, that's you saying, hey, I'm John, how you doing? Whatever you want to say in that moment, right? Now, if she doesn't choose to accept you in that moment, and she just brushes you off, whatever. It's like, guess what? I've still got, I've still got it in my hand. I haven't lost it. So I haven't lost that value. I haven't lost mm -hmm. the value. So, but what, unfortunately, most guys come from a place of no value. I feel empty. I've got nothing going on. I'm low self-esteem. I'm worthless, whatever. All the things that the pickup industry drum into them. They see that beautiful girl go, 
wow, suddenly there's a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety because they're thinking, well, if, if I get that girl's number, then I'm gonna, then I've made it, then I've got that, then I've, then I've won, you know? And so of course, every part of that interaction is gonna come from survival and engineering and control. If you can just come over and just, and just imagine yourself offering yourself out like a gift unconditionally, hey, how you doing? If she doesn't accept you, you're like, fine, I can keep offering myself out to everyone. Like, I haven't lost any energy doing this, you know? But if you mm -hmm. come from a place of taking, then if you don't get that result, then you've lost. And that's why the words rejection come in, you know? You know, if, if, I offered you, if I offered you right now, if I offered you 100 pounds and you told me to fuck off, who's, who's lost out? If I offer, let's no. say, yeah, no, well, <laughs> she, I mean, if she I... has, she has. So if I, if I offer a hundred pounds to a girl, hundred euros to a girl right. on, on the street. And I've oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, she, I, yeah, yeah, she misses I, out. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I've, I've done this as an experiment where I had 200 euros. <laughs> and I went, would you like this? And she said, no. Right. And she yeah. walked off. Right. I haven't lost. Right. Because I've still got the money in my hand. But then, but th and this, 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 a pickup artist sort of guy said this to me in the comments on, on the video that I did. He said, you lost, John. I went, why did I lose? He goes, they didn't do what you wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a perfect example of the, the way the pickup artist thinks. He's seeing that interaction as control. I wanted to control that woman to do what I wanted her to do. He wasn't, he wasn't able to make that paradigm shift in his mind to come from the paradigm that I'm coming from, which is, I'm offering, if you want to accept, great. If you don't, I haven't lost anything. You see what I mean? And sure. if, you, if you can embody that, if you can embody that, then you, you actually start to emancipate yourself from that pickup paradigm. And then you become a, a social heartist, as I call it, just as a, that's my tagline. Um, and it, it, then you just go back to being free again and like playing with women and it's fucking easy. And then, and then you're the natural again. Yeah. Know? But, it's, but like, it is difficult to teach some guys this because like you said, they are so analytic and they're so entrenched within that way of seeing it that like sometimes just saying something so simple like that is just almost, they've been living in the abstraction for so long that when you teach, tell them something so simple that that feels like the abstraction. Right. Well, quick question. I want to shift gears a little. Um, and ask you more about your personal life, if you don't mind sharing. Because yeah, yeah, I'm always definitely. really curious about mm. guys who have reached a certain level of confidence and mastery and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always, there's always an interesting story there, typically. Um, mm. So, you know, once you unshackled yourself from the pickup stuff and mm. kind of went back to your roots, um, what kind of change in your dating life would... Uh, you know, where do you see that going? You have a girlfriend now, or I, I see. I'm someone that I, if if I want to get in a relationship with a girl, I have to I have to still feel like I'm free and single in, in a way. You know, if yeah. I feel if I if I'm in a, if, I don't mean I'm acting upon that, but I I have to feel as though I'm still on a trajectory in my life. You know, and I'm not I'm not having to sort of like come off my trajectory to sort of like be with her. You know, and totally. and that that's an issue for me. If I'm in a monogamous relationship and that starts to happen then I have to sort of end it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so I've had that situation recently where I was going out with a girl and I started to feel, I was starting to feel a bit shackled, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I was going, cause I do a lot of pool trick shots you might've seen on my, on my, I don't know if you've seen, but I do, I go out and I love doing like stuff on my own time. It's like therapy for me, you know, to play pool. And it was almost getting to the point where, you know, she wasn't giving me that permission to just do the things I love doing, you know? 
and yeah. so and 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 so I for me I wanted to you know go back to being John again you know what I mean so until I find a woman that can really honor who I am and, and, and love my journey you know then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna partner up with them for the sake of it that's the thing you know um, yeah so so that's how that's how I see it and to be honest with you I in many ways I don't really um, I, I don't really believe in monogamy as a paradigm, if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> I had a feeling, um, that's why I asked. Um, and, uh, I, and here's the thing, and I, and I, don't, and I don't mean that, um, I don't mean, when I say I don't believe in monogamy, people go, oh, you should just be on a sex maniac, do you? I mean, no, no, it's not, it's not a false dichotomy. It's not like I don't believe in monogamy, suddenly I'm like a fucking, you know, sex deviant. It doesn't right. mean that. There is something in, in the middle there, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe in a committed partnership, I believe in a committed, you know, if it get, if it goes to that, a committed partnership, but at the same time, having freedom, you know, and, and giving freedom to your partner, you know, um, now, because I don't believe that there's one person is a one, one stop shop for everything. I just yeah. don't think, I don't think as humans, we're designed to have to, to, to have that, you know, unless it, unless we live in survival, like during wartime where you needed to kind of work together as a, as a, as a team. But I think the, the, the world we live in now, I, I don't think that uh, monogamy works anymore. I think we're kind of moving out of that um, and moving sure. to a place of like a committed partnership. But at the same time, if she wants to have a physical connection with another guy, but I'm her core relationship, then I say, okay, you're like, who am I to stop you? Do you know what I mean? So that's how I feel about that. Um, and of course, not many girls think the same way. Is that? <laughs> so... Uh, I don't yeah, know what your experience has been with that. Have you met any like really bohemian girls or sort of like really? I've met a lot in um, some of the circles I've run in. Um, I had a relationship with, uh, we started off just kind of as normal, you know, casual hooking up. And this was probably seven or eight years ago. And I was really interested in pursuing crazy sexual adventures. And she was too. So we started having a lot of threesomes together. And then we started just swinging together after a while. And uh, that led me into all sorts of alternative relationships and people in the, you know, the lifestyle community and you know, people having orgies all the time. And then I started going to these parties where you know, millionaires bringing a ton of girls in um, and having these wild orgies, which was kind of like the swinger parties except with way less guys. But a lot of the social dynamics were off because there are guys that really shouldn't have been there, girls that were, you know, just there to, you know, see what, see what they could take from the environment. Um, so yeah, I've, I've seen a whole bunch of different things, but the best communities I've seen, um, I've done a lot of uh, Burning Man type of events, mm. and those tend to attract people that are very open-minded and very much mm. on the cutting edge of sexuality, spirituality, um, kind of the merging of, those things so if you're looking for girls like that the burning man community is always the uh the go-to in my opinion it just, it just i'm only i'm not you know i'm laughing it's because i know because i've been to some of these they're like i haven't been to burning man because in europe we call them like conscious festivals you know this kind of thing uh -huh. i was laughing because a friend of mine recently was telling me that he was um he goes i know how to pick up a, a like a new age chick and i went oh go on tell me why he goes right Whenever you meet her, you just got to talk about how good the energy is between you. And he goes, <laughs> um, and then whenever you text her, text her at 11, 11 p.m. and say that it's like, you know, or, or, or like engineer it. So it's like a new, a new uh, it's like a, a you know, because they're big on numbers, some of these new mm -hmm. ages. Sort of, it's all about numerology. 
you know and so 11 11 is like a very significant number so he goes i always text her at 11 11 and so she goes oh wow we need to meet that's so significant you texted me yeah i just all this stuff <laughs> oh there's definitely the the girls oh, who are just, way too into this spiritual oh, nonsense God. he's like yeah, it's been, living in la oh, too i used to live in oh, uh, full of that, isn't it? la yeah. it's just the like Venice Beach, Marina del Rey, it's just the spiritual elitist crowd, I call them. They're, they're so spiritual, they, they feel like they're more holy than the rest of the people. And spiritual they just become Exactly. Total narcissistic, you know, fuckwads. Where, where, where are you now? Are you still in Ukraine? Yeah, I've been here for about a year and a half. Right. And, um, you know, you don't meet very many spiritual elitists here just because the... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even if I did, I wouldn't know what they were talking about because I don't speak yeah. Russian very well. I don't speak Ukrainian very well. But, uh, <laughs> so there's the the upside of of not understanding that thing. But it's because, an interesting culture. Like, well, yeah, what's I, your would, I was going to say because in in Ukraine, it's the kind of the opposite of what we've just been talking about. It's like a uh, very traditional, um, and I mean the girls, yeah. the girls that I've dated there, they kind of they're kind of grooming you for a boyfriend almost on the first date, you know? They have, it's, it's funny here. There is, I would agree that most of the girls are more traditional, mm. um, but Kiev in particular has kind of become this crazy party city. Mm. And there's a huge like sex tourism industry, tons of strip clubs, yeah. tons of uh, underground uh, techno clubs. Yeah. Um, and so there is, there's a, a a huge sexual component to Kiev yeah and it does attract a lot of really sexualized people and really crazy parties yeah. um so it's kind of a cool you know if you're into exploring that sort of thing it's a cool place to live because you have mm. the best of you have yeah, I mean not the best of both yeah. but you have you have everything well, under the sun. yeah no I love Kiev yeah. man. I love Kiev I'm actually thinking about moving out there you know it's, it's either there or Poland I haven't, I haven't quite decided uh, at the moment but um yeah, I spent some time in Poland. Um, I really, I really liked Krakow. Yeah. And um, but Kiev, I just felt like there's a little bit more going on. Yeah. But I just love Eastern Europe in general, and I love yeah. the attitude of the people, the, the no bullshit. Um, yeah. You know, coming from the U.S., where everyone's so polite mm -hmm. and kind of mm -hmm. fake nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just don't get that over here. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, when I, when I'm back in London, it's just like I'm just I'm just like thinking, when can I when can I fuck off again to Eastern Europe? <laughs> it's just. It's just, I don't so know you're it, in, yeah, how often, you're in London full-time or? Uh, well, I'm going to be in Warsaw in uh, November. Uh, I'm going to be doing a little little while out there. And then if that goes well, I'm going to probably stay out, out there or maybe even Ukraine, Kiev. So, um, you know, got to just make a decision on there. But um, yeah, man, it's just. I'm always looking for more, uh, more, more English speaking friends out here. There we go. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but, they, but they speak, they, but the thing is, is they actually, um, in Eastern Europe, they actually speak really good. The young generation will speak really, really good English. And this is actually a surprising yeah, yeah. thing. To, to a lot of Americans or English people watching this, they probably think that's a bit brave going out to Eastern Europe. But you'll actually find that if you go to France, Italy, or Spain, they speak less English than they would in like Eastern Europe. So um, you, you're actually, you actually feel more at home the further east you go off. <laughs> yeah, that's funny you say that for sure. Especially in France too, a lot of the time they'll speak English, but they'll intentionally pretend like they don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, Paris, anyway. The, Paris, <laughs> you Paris, speak French. Yeah, any other um, any other projects you're in? What do you mean by projects? Just shit I'm working any, on, or yeah, stuff you're working on, helping students with, or any any new cool little ventures. Well, I'm going. I teach two 
uh, like week long immersions every year. The way that my program structured is like an ongoing mentorship mm -hmm. uh, mastermind sort of deal where I've got a bunch of guys in a Facebook group. We do live calls and I do some one on one stuff with them, you know, through the period of a few months. Um, and they're in like a graduated belt system. So you go from a white belt to a black belt ah, nice. in like, you know, in, in social skills. That's cool. Um, and so twice a year I'll do an event, you know, in Eastern Europe and I'll do one in the U S because most of my clients are American. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to San Diego to do a week long sort of deal there, um, in two weeks and, uh, not super excited to go back, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Work calls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the structure of, of so, your business? All right, so um, I haven't even mentioned it, have I? So I have a website called artofsocial.co um, and I run workshops like retreats, like you come and live with me, live-ins with me, you know? Um, yeah. And I do three to five days and I do that in, around Europe. Um, I also, I'm set, I, I do them in, um, I'm setting one up in the new year for Rio, Brazil. Um, and that's just basically like a full immersion with me, like living by your side the whole time. Um, but I also do an academy, which is similar to your mastermind, I guess. It's uh, six weeks um, and they watch the video course and the tutorials and then they go out and do the, the homework exercises. Um, and then they upload all the homework to the group, um, like to make sure they've gone through all the steps, you know. Um, yeah. And I take them through the process and all my six principles that I teach um, to basically get them out from being the pickup artist to the social artist, I call it. Um, and that's basically the two, they're the two main, um, services that I, I run. Um, and, uh, and yeah, guys it. can find that on, uh, the social co. So artofsocial.co, um, artofsocial.co, yeah. artofsocial they just, they can navigate on there through what well, this click on events and they'll see everything there. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Another thing. So a lot of the guys listening, mm. um, are either entrepreneurial or they're looking to quit their job get out of the nine to five and become more entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. How did you go from, you know, guy interested in this stuff to businessman? Um, you said you were working for another company oh, okay. for a while. Oh, no, I okay. I'll tell you the exact process. So, um, there's a website called meetup.com. I don't know if you know it. Yeah. Yeah. I used yeah. to run events there all the time, but then they yeah. shut my, uh, <laughs> my group down. <laughs> that, it's, I don't think it's as good as it used to be. Um, but it used to be that if you ran an event on there, then you'd get like 10, 20 people turn up, like, you know, yeah. guaranteed, you know, probably when you started. Yeah. Um, so I used to just like put, a, I created a group on there. Um, I think I called it female formula. That was what the initial name was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I basically said on there, this is going to be like a two hour talk. You can ask questions and I just charged like a tenner ago and then 20 people turned up and then I started upselling like to one-on-ones, you know, from that. Uh, and I wasn't even charging that much at the time, you know, and then I was, then I used to do like a, I was actually doing a six week course that even back then, you know, I'm charging a lot less, but I'd meet up with them in a bar and then we'd go out after and talk to girls. And then from there, then I joined a dating company and then I did that for about a year and a half. Um, and then I felt like I had changed as a person. I've developed my own kind of theory, which was sort of um, not quite in alignment with the, the, the ethos of the, that, that company at the time. And then I went solo and then I went solo. And I think at the time it was important that I was creating a lot of content, um, you know, prolific content creation in terms of videos and, um, you know, even just like talking head stuff, you know, just, just get loads of content out there. 
uh, YouTube was the best thing at the time. I think it really still is probably. Um, so too, yeah. And right now I don't really create uh, much content anymore. Um, I kind of let the, let the students find me in a way. Um, so, and that's fine because I kind of, I'm, I'm, I reach a point where I, I, I decide who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with anymore. I'm not like, I'm not in hunter gatherer mode when it comes to finding students, you know? Um, but I would say for, for an entrepreneur, it, on the weekends or in the evenings, start a meetup group, start using Eventbrite, um, tell your friends to turn up to, to an event and just do an hour talk on something they're really passionate about. Uh, and then from there, build it up from there. Then you can set up a, a Facebook group, Facebook page, um, start a website, um, collaborate with other people if you can. Um, do a lot of podcasts like we're doing. Um, create content, create videos, start teaching people for free, start teaching people for a couple of beers, tell them to do, uh, do a testimonial in return, tell them to tell their two friends, for, if you can help them for free, they'll tell five of their friends, you know what I mean? And, that, and that's it, just, just get it going. If you love what you do, then it will, it will happen if you just keep taking steps towards it. Um, if you don't really love what you do, then it's going to be a lot of hard work. You know, if you just see it as money, then it's going to be hard work. But that's how I started. And, and then by that point, as you, here's the nine to five and here's your, your passion. You know, you kind of work out, work up the passion and then you can start dropping the nine to five to the point where you can, um, you know, you can self-sustain without that. And that's, that's really how, how it happened. And then also go and live in Eastern Europe where it's cheap. And, you know. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Don't pay uh, U.S. taxes. Yeah, and, uh, don't, don't tax, yeah. Everything's 50% off. That's it. That's it. There you go. There you go. Job, jobs are good. And yeah. No, I love how you break that down because it, it's really uh, similar to, to what you said about dating. You know, you're, you're giving value. You're creating content, um, finding the people that resonate with your message. And... Um, you know, it's a, it's the same sort of holistic sort of uh, top-down approach versus people get, you know, way too involved in the nitty-gritty and just focus on making money and forget yeah. that it was their passion in the first place. So, well, dude, uh, let me know when you're headed out here. And oh, uh, thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Yeah, no worries, man. We'll stay in touch, yeah. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.